The message you are listening to is recorded by Campus Outreach for the 2019 Campus Outreach New Year's Conference. More information about Campus Outreach New Year's Conference can be found at conycnd.com. Welcome to Evangelism 101. Hopefully you're in the right place. Uh, my name is Nate. I'm on staff with Campus Outreach in Central Illinois. Uh, yeah, not Chicago. Illinois is not all Chicago, as so many people think, you know. It's a lot of other state there, and so... Uh, at Bradley University, and so uh, I've been on staff for about three years, a little over three years, um, and so I have a family. This is me and my beautiful wife, she's actually staying back there, and my uh, oldest daughter, Mia, and then my youngest daughter, Millie. And so Mia's going to be two in about two weeks, and Millie's about four-ish months, and so uh, it's been great. So. Uh, but before we begin, uh, I'm actually going to invite up a student from the uh, school that I work at, Miranda Heimsaw. Uh, and she's just going to tell us a little bit about her evangelism experience and kind of how she got involved with that. So, uh, welcome up, Miranda. Yeah, hello, um, I'm Miranda. So, I go to Bradley University. I'm a junior. Um, so, a little bit about me. I grew up going to church, and um, I just kind of saw evangelism as something that, like, really, like, hardcore Christians do. People who are, like, really smart, have memorized a lot of verses, uh, really know their stuff, and, like, travel all over the world to share the gospel. And my extent, like, my part in doing that was just to invite my friends to church and, like, to youth group and stuff. So when I came into college and I started to really um, grow and get challenged in my faith, um, my view of evangelism has really changed. Um, I really realized that sharing the gospel with someone is the most important thing like you can ever do and ever share with them. Um, I used to believe that, or I just used to think that, you know, just being kind and compassionate to others, really letting the light of Christ shine through you, like, was enough. And don't hear me say that that's not good. That's so important and so beneficial to do. God definitely calls us to do that. But I was letting that um, be a means to, like, stop me from having any conversation um, that was difficult or ask hard questions of people and really, like, bring up um, spiritual things in conversation with my friends. I would, like, let that stop me. So um, throughout high school, like, the few spiritual conversations that I did have were just super awkward and difficult for me. I was very scared. Um, I struggled a lot in high school of, like, um, like, I grew up in a place that wasn't super diverse, and I just did not want to be any more, like, different than I already was, like, racially. So I needed to control, like, people's opinions of me. I needed to never give them a reason for them to, like, not like me. So I was scared that I would be seen as like a judgmental Christian or like a goody two-shoes. And I just could not handle that. I didn't want that at all. So that I let that stop me from, again, sharing my faith and sharing the gospel. Um, but then since being at college, sharing my faith with others um, has still been super challenging. But with that, it's been so growing. Um, I still definitely struggle with um, people's opinions of me. I want to have all the answers to their hard questions. I want... Um, I want to be able to help them in that way. I want to be seen as like smart, and I don't want to lose friendships um, by disagreeing with people. Um, but in that, uh, sharing my faith has really brought me a lot closer to God. Um, my heart has definitely been more burdened for the lost because just talking to people on the campus, you really just uh, you can see that people have some really bizarre and very false uh, ideas about who God is, and they will base it on pretty much nothing, and they will like feel really solid about it, and it's really just devastating to see, and um, people really need to hear the gospel. So um, 
my motivation to continue to do so, even though it's really hard and challenging. Um, it's just the testimonies of people around me, people I've seen come to Christ, friends of friends who've come to Christ. This last summer I was in Mexico, and a really good friend of mine, I got to see him uh, hear the gospel and then come to Christ throughout the summer, and that was just so so sweet and it's just so cool to see like the small moments that you just think are really um difficult and scary like god is working um working through you using those moments um i've definitely struggled with legalism um but i've just kind of learned that evangelism isn't about how many people you can bring to church or how many people you can bring to an event but how faithful you are in sharing with the lost and um getting through that that pain line getting through them asking those hard questions and getting really to know people believe and start talking about those things. Um, so uh, this semester, uh, I've had a, I've had a pretty difficult semester. I just don't think I was in like the best place. Um, but God has definitely used me in that hard time to begin uh, to make friendships with some freshman girls. And even though I was really struggling this last semester, I've been able to uh, slowly share the gospel with them. And they're all in different kind of places and like who they believe God to be and how they relate to them. But it's just been really sweet to um, grow with them and continue to have conversation and bring them into community and let them know who, who God is and that he loves them and um, just kind of our place with him. So, yeah. Thanks, Miranda. Is that, is that, that's probably not good. <laughs> Did it? Oh, no. It's my worst nightmare. I hate so bad at technology. Oh, jeez. Oh, huh? I see a mouse. Yeah. Oh, oh no. Too far. Haha. <laughs> Alright. You didn't see anything. Alright. Uh, cool. Thank you, Miranda, for that. It's super helpful. Um, so, I, uh, I'm going to tell a little bit of my story as well uh, before I kind of get into the, the meat of the talk or whatever. Um, and so I, uh, I grew up in a church uh, that was pretty good theologically, they had good beliefs, they believed in the Bible and good truth. Uh, they were very petty, though. They, they, they were all about their beliefs and kind of making sure that they were you know, perfect in their beliefs. It's obviously very important. I'm not knocking that at all. Uh, but that's really all it was. It was just kind of this gathering of people to talk about great things that the Bible has to say. That's really all it was. And if you were to ask me, what evangelism was, similar to what Miranda just said, I would have said, gosh, you know, evangelism, I don't even know if I would have known what that word was, but I, if you would have maybe given me a little context, I would have said, you know, it's really just kind of inviting people to church, and if they come, great, if not, you know, then, oh, well, at least you tried it, you gave it your best shot, that's your kind of how you're the ambassador for Jesus, and so uh, that was it, and so I became a Christian just a few months before I went out to college at uh, Eastern Illinois University, a couple reps here in the house. Uh, and uh, I, uh, I was searching when I got there for a ministry, right? And I kind of met some people on staff with Kim Sourich. And uh, I, I'm going to keep around with this. Sam's going to go to sleep again. Okay. Uh, I uh, got to know them. And I kind of thought to myself, man, I'm a, I'm a prime candidate. I got to be kind of the guy they're looking for here, right? I'm a Christian. I'm looking to get involved in ministry. It's like, it's like, here we go, you know? But the weird thing was is that they actually, like, they liked me fine. They were nice to me. But it was like, I I was always having to kind of insert myself and invite myself to their events. It was kind of interesting to me. I was like, wow, like why, like, why aren't you guys just trying to spend all this time with me? But all the events I did go to, all these lost people were always there. And I was always really confused. I was like, why are all these people here? I'm typically the only Christian that comes to these events. I'm trying to figure out what's happening. And uh, I just kind of saw it. I remember actually kind of getting a little frustrated 
I was on the phone with a friend in my hometown, and uh, I was like, gosh, like, I just feel like all these people are wasting their time spending time with all these people who don't have any interest in Jesus or the Bible or church or anything like that. I can't figure out why they're spending so much time with them. And so um, time went on, and the craziest thing began to happen is that I began to watch those very same people give their lives to Christ over and over and over again. I was kind of like, you know, instead of going out on Saturday nights, they're going to church on Sundays. Instead of hooking up with all these girls, they're reading their Bibles. It was kind of like, what is this? Like, I have never experienced anything like this in my life. Like, something is happening here, and I don't really know what it is. Um, and so I just became convinced through watching, I guess, that, man, sharing your faith with people is a powerful thing that really can change lives. And so in the fall of 2013, I was a sophomore in college, is when I began to share my faith. And so I didn't really know what I was doing or how I was doing or whatever. I just kind of did it. Um, and I've been pretty convinced ever since then. It was about uh, six years ago. And so I'm not a scholar on the subject. There's probably people on your campus that are way more versed in evangelism and have had way more evangelism than I've had. Uh, but I, I'm going to share with you guys anyways. So you're stuck with me. So, uh, and uh, just a note before we, we dive in, this isn't... Uh, apologetics training. I think uh, maybe some people might be like in the past been confused. We're not going to answer, you know, why is there evil and suffering in the world with a good God, or you know, what about people that have never heard about Jesus? Sadly, uh, sadly, that's not what we're going to talk about today. And so, if that's what you thought this was about to be, I'm uh, really sorry. You won't offend me if you leave. And so, uh, this is really going to be pretty basic. I tried to make my little description in the booklet like the shortest one, and so that people would know, like this really is just exactly what it says it is. And so. It's kind of an intro, regaining perspective on evangelism. So, uh, cool. So we're going to talk about uh, our motivation, our fuel, and our vision for evangelism. And then I'll give you guys a few uh, evangelism tips and leave you guys with a challenge. Sound good? Cool. And I am going to try my dang this to be done by 4.15. And so I got this phone right here. I'm going to check what time it is. And I'll try not to keep you guys too long because I know you guys have had a lot of talks today. And you still have uh, more talks to go to. So, cool. So, we'll uh, start with our motivation. So, uh, I became convinced and am still becoming convinced of evangelism for two reasons. I'll share those with you guys. Um, the first little blank on your out is the command. This is the first blank, the command. Uh, Jesus commands evangelism. And I think even when I learned this, maybe in college, I, was, I think I was a little frustrated. I think, gosh, it's like, Jesus is about to ascend into heaven. He's about to share these last words with his disciples. He's about to say something really important. And this is what he says. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And so people in here that are Christians, and I'm assuming most people in here are Christians, are people that have bowed their knee to Jesus as Lord of their life and kind of said, man, I don't run my life anymore. Jesus runs my life. And so Jesus is kind of coming here at the end of his life. It's like, hey, actually what I want you to do, he's speaking to his followers. He's saying, I want you to go and share the things that I have taught with you with other people. I want you to go and evangelize other people and tell them about what I have done and the forgiveness of sins that I offer. And so I think for my whole life, even inviting people to church was, was the evangelism that I thought it was. I thought it was optional. It's kind of like, yeah, some people do it, some people don't. I know there's missionaries that go out there and tell people. It's kind of like a, 
like an optional thing. It's not like the extreme Christian. But it's not true. That Jesus is saying, look, like this is a command from me as the Lord of your life that you would go and that you would share it. So if you don't hear anything else that I say in this talk, I would hope that you would hear that Jesus is the Lord of your life. He's the person is in charge, and he's kind of commanding you to go and to share your faith with those who don't know him. It's not an option. And so the uh, second thing uh, is uh, a little heavier, obviously, is that people are dying and going to hell all around us. And so this is the consequence on your, on your outline, the consequence. It's an unpopular thing to say and to believe in our time, but as Christians, we believe that Jesus is the way, right? John 14, he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him, right? And so if you do not have faith in Christ, uh, there is no access into heaven, into God's presence. There's only separation from God and eternity spent in hell. So there's a huge consequence for those who do not know and follow Christ. And so there's actually this video. Maybe some of you guys have seen it. I'm going to show it here. Hopefully everything works with the technology and stuff. Uh, of this guy. His name's Penn Gillett. Uh, he is a uh, kind of like a magician. He's kind of like a celebrity, motivational speaker. Uh, anyways, uh, he's kind of famous for his magic show. I don't really know if that's what it's called, Penn, uh, Penn and Teller. And so maybe you guys, some of you guys know that or whatever. Anyways, he uh, took a little selfie video. It's kind of weird, actually. But he says some pretty convicting stuff. And I'm going to go ahead and let you guys watch it. Uh, and then we'll, I'll come back up. So hopefully it plays here for us. Let's, let's just help. Yes. Is that okay? I want to talk to you about this. Uh, I've been home from the show, and at the end of the show, as I've mentioned before, we go out and we uh, we talk to folks and you know sign an occasional autograph and shake hands and so on. And there was one guy waiting over to the side in the um, what I call the hover position after I was old on Big Guy, probably about my age. Big Guy. And um, he had been the, um, the guy who has uh, picks the joke during our psychic comedian section of the show. Uh, so he had the props from that in his hand, because we'd give those away. He had the, for the joke book and the, and the envelope and the paper and stuff. If you haven't seen the live show, I... Uh, it's not worth explaining. We had props in the show that we'd given from the night before. Uh, he wasn't the guy that night. And he walked over to me and he said, um, I was here last night at the show, and uh, uh, I saw the show and I liked it. I wanted. And he was very complimentary about my use of language and um, complimentary about, you know, honesty and stuff. He said nice stuff. No reason to go into it. He said nice stuff. And then he said, I brought this for you. And he handed me a uh, Gideon pocket edition. Um, I thought it said from the New Testament, but I also thought it was Psalms from the New Testament, right? Or, uh, Psalms from the New Testament. Just part of the New Testament. Little book about this big, this thick, you know. He said, I wrote in the front of it, and I wanted you to have this. I'm kind of uh, proselytizing. I mean, he said, I'm a businessman. I'm, I'm sane. I'm not crazy. And he looked me right in the eye and did all of this. 
And uh, it was really wonderful. I believe he knew that I was an atheist. But he was not uh, defensive. And he looked me right in the eyes. And he was truly complimentary. It wasn't in any way, it didn't seem like empty flattery. He was really kind and nice and sane and looked me in the eyes and talked to me. And then gave me this Bible. And I've always said, you know, that I, I don't respect people who don't proselytize. I don't respect that at all. If you believe that there's a heaven and hell, and people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life or whatever, and you think that, uh, well, it's not really worth telling them this because it would make it socially awkward. And atheists who think that people shouldn't proselytize, just leave me alone, keep your religion to yourself. Uh, how much do you have to hate somebody to not proselytize? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe that everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? I mean, if I believe, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe it, for that truck was bearing down on you, there's a certain point where I tackle you. And this is more important than that. And I've always thought that, and I've written about that, I've thought of it conceptually. This guy was a really good guy. He was Paul. Cool. There's like another minute where he just talks about the guy some more and stuff. It's uh, how big he was and everything. But I think that that video, as weird and uncomfortable as it may have made you feel, it definitely does. It's really close to his face. <laughs> but uh, I hope you can kind of get why I would share that with you guys. I think it's really powerful. The guy's an outspoken atheist, and he's kind of saying, how much do you have to hate somebody? To believe that they could be spending an eternity in hell apart from God and to not share it. This is coming from a non-Christian. He's saying, come at me, please. Like, if you really believe this, like, continue to share this with me. And so um, I think that that's great motivation for us to think about is that, man, like I said a minute ago, that the people who are outside of Christ will spend an eternity apart from God apart uh, unless they hear about Jesus. And so the verse on your outline is Revelation chapter 20, verse 15. It says, and if anyone's name was not found written in the book of and if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. And so that there, there's a lot of imagery in Revelation. It's kind of obviously a complex book, but this is decently clear that everyone who's in Christ, their name is written in a book. And one day that that book is going to be read. All the names that are in it will spend eternal life with God. But if your name is not found written in the book you will spend an eternity apart from God. And so it's very sobering uh, reality that's worth us thinking about. Gosh, why do we go and share our faith, our motivation? And one of those, one of the top motivations is um, because people are dying without Christ every day. And so, um, cool. So the need is great. The command is clear. We got to go, right? Um, and so that's kind of our, our motivation. So moving on uh, to our fuel. Uh, our fuel is the next thing on your outline. Is a quote. Many of you probably have heard it before. Uh, but John Piper says, man, missions exist because worship doesn't. Um, and so maybe that sounds weird. Maybe you don't know what that means. But he's basically saying the reason that we go, the reason that we share our faith with people is because people in the world do not worship God. That that's kind of like the primary thing, right? Yes, people are dying out of hell. That's important. 
But you say even above that is, man, we want people to become worshipers of God, that we want the people on our dorm floors and our fraternities and sororities to worship God more than anything else, that we want to see them become worshipers. And so, um, if, and, and just think about that for a second. If that's our primary goal in evangelism, right, is to see people at this conference next year raising their hands, worshiping God, how, and I, this is so convicting for me, how hypocritical do we have to be to be people that are going out and sharing with other people that, yes, this God is that great and you need to worship him if we ourselves are not spending time worshiping and making that very God great. And so I think, you know, there isn't an order necessarily to how evangelism should go or whatever, but I think, man, someone who is evangelizing, someone who's doing it for the right motives that we'll talk about in a second, is someone who has a posture, a heart of posture of worship towards God, that they're regularly, every single day, taking their hearts and their souls back to God in worship and praising Him. And so, uh, obviously, this works out in a couple different ways. Um, and the top one, I, I really think, uh, is prayer when I think about this, is that we would be people that are regularly communing with God in prayer, that we're adoring Him, that we're praising Him, that we're telling Him how great He is, that we're praying the Scripture, that we're reading back to Him in prayer, and that we're bringing up all the people that are lost, that we know too, and saying, God, I have a burden for these people. Would you save these people that we're regularly spending time in prayer with God uh, is really important. And then another thing that I think is important with this is, is a Christian community. I don't know all uh, the stories on all of your campuses, uh, but I think just to have a community of people around you that are also going out and sharing their faith, right? That you would have some level of accountability and someone who understands the things that you're going through as well. And so I would say that those are the things that regularly need to be happening around spending time in prayer, spending time in God's Word, spending time with other Christians to foster an environment of love and adoration for God. And if we don't do that, it, terrible things can happen. And all of these things that I'm about to mention have happened in my life to some degree, and they've all happened when I've failed to be worshiping God on a regular basis. We can begin to look to evangelism to validate us as a Christian, right? Gosh, I'm I'm a Christian, and the proof that I'm a Christian is that I go out and I, I share my faith with other people, right? It's kind of the thing like, God must be pleased with me today because I went out and shared my faith. That's not true. The reason that God is pleased with us is because of the work of Christ, not because of the work that we do. You could be doing it so that other people will think you're awesome, right? Like that campus guy that leads you or whatever, approval that you need or whatever, uh, you know, that, that girl that you like would think that you're awesome because you're sharing your faith or whatever, right? Like all these things that we laugh at it or whatever, but they're real, right? They're like, we kind of go out and we do these things so that other people would think that we're awesome. Or lastly, uh, we could go out and just be trying to convince other people that they're wrong and that you're right, right? That I'm just out here to win an argument, right? I'm just here to just prove all these people wrong and all that type of stuff. And uh, I know I've missed some of these blanks here. I hope that you guys have got them. Uh, the goal of evangelism is to have more people who worship God. Um, if we want others to worship God, we must be worshiping Him. That's a oh no. Um, and so, uh, and then this is kind of what we're at right here. And so, uh, and this kind of summarizes everything I've, I've said on the fuel part. Evangelism is the natural overflow of someone who is consistently spending quality time with God. You can kind of think of yourselves like a cup, right? Like you're kind of taking yourself underneath the water uh, and you're filling yourself, you're praying, you're reading your Bible, you're spending your time at church and worship and fellowship and you're being filled up so much to the, 
whatever is inside of you is just exploding out of you. It's pouring out of you. That it's not like, gosh, I have to go and have to go and have, have to go and share my faith today. It's like, no, I get to. Like, I, I'm so excited to do this. I'm spending such great, awesome, consistent, quality time with God that it's not an option for me. I have to go and share my faith with other people. So that's where our fuel comes from. Acts chapter 4, verses 19 and 20, uh, some of my favorite verses. Peter and John are under some uh, pretty heavy persecution from the religious leaders, and they're kind of like, hey, you guys got to shut up about this stuff, or we're going to beat you up, we're going to throw you in prison, or whatever, right? This is not going to be good for you if you don't shut your mouths. And this is what they say in Acts 4. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And a couple of verses earlier, it said that they had been with Jesus. I love that. That they, they were with Jesus, and they're kind of like, look, you can, you can kill us for all we care. We, we can't stop. This isn't an option for us. We're so convinced that this is the truth, and that people are dying and going to hell without this message, that we can't stop. I'm sorry. You can do whatever you want to us, but we're not going to stop I just wonder what it would be like for us to be like that if the dean of your university was like, hey, time to stop uh, sharing Christ with people or you're going to lose your scholarship or we're going to kick you out of the university. It's going to be like, sorry, can't do it. You know, I got to. I can't. I'm so convinced nothing could stop me from doing this. And I would argue that that comes from regularly spending time with God and filling yourself up with the fuel that only he provides. So I hope that makes sense. Cool. So we got motivation, we got fuel, and then we got our vision. How are we doing on time? Oh, we're killing it. That's great. All right. Uh, cool. Uh, awesome. So, uh, our vision. And so the, the blank is this. Evangelism has the power to change lives, both now and for eternity. Power to change lives, both now and for eternity. And so, uh, just think about this. For me. This is this is wild, okay? I know this maybe sounds like stupid or whatever, but just think about this. You, uh, in here, most of you are probably Christians, and you know the gospel, right? That Jesus Christ, both God and man, came to this earth. He lived a sinless, perfect life. He died on the cross, paying the penalty for our sins, but also providing us with his perfect record. Uh, and three days later, rose from the dead and is now seated at the right hand of God, interceding for us. Is obviously, is, that is the gospel. It's a little brief. There's obviously a lot more to it, but that's kind of the central message. That message that you know, you speak it with your mouth, the words come out of your mouth, they go in the air, you know, and the person sitting across from you hears those words. This is obviously the Holy Spirit working. I'm not trying to pretend we're some awesome person. The Holy Spirit's using those words and they go in the ears of the other person into their brain and somehow the Holy Spirit comes in and changes their heart to where now that person who was an enemy of God and was going to hell is now, through faith in Christ, a son of God or daughter of God, and is going to heaven. That's wild, right? Like, that's crazy. Obviously, that's a little simplistic of a view of how it all works, but that's crazy that God would allow it to work like that, right? That he would choose us. Romans 10 says, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel, right? Like, that there's this reality that God has given it to us to go and to share that message. And through the words that you speak, through the Holy Spirit, Eternities can be changed. It's wild. It's so crazy. But here's the thing. And I find this to be true in my life all the time. We don't actually believe that can happen. Like so often, we just don't believe that that can 
actually be the case that I could somehow sit down with this lost fraternity guy and have a Bible study with him and share the gospel with him and his eternity could be changed and his life now could be changed. It just we, we so often have such a disbelief, as Max Stiles has been talking about, that God is powerful enough to work in these people's lives. And I would just argue this, and I find this to be true in my life, I'm sure it'll be true in your life. If we don't have a vision for the people that we're sharing with, we more than likely won't share with them because we just won't believe that whatever we're, we're bringing to them can actually happen. Right? If, I don't, if I don't think about this guy that I'm sitting across with, that he could become a Christian and worship God and come to New Year's Conference next year and you know his family could be Christians one day and all this stuff, I'm probably not going to do it. We have to have a vision and a belief in God that these people's lives can be changed. Uh, to think about their life now. If you don't share with them, they'll have a terrible life, right? They'll be living for all the, the wrong things, looking to get satisfaction and fulfillment from things they were never get, meant to get it from. And when they die, they'll be separated from God and hell. But if you do step in, they could come to Christ. They could have a meaningful, purpose-filled life now. And when they die, they would go and be with God forever, like through you, like through you. Obviously, again, I want to uh, uh, emphasize this so much the holy spirit working in prayer is so important in evangelism but there's a reality that you have to do it and i have to do it someone has to step in the gap for those people and share with those people and amazing life-changing things can happen and so uh, that's our motivation that's our fuel uh, and uh that's our vision I, I hope all those make sense i'll be up here for a few minutes after if you have any questions so um, cool. We're gonna we're gonna jump into some uh, evangelism tips. And again, these aren't gonna be groundbreaking uh, things, you know, where you could just really back someone into a corner with all the things that you know because you came to the seminar. These are really just. Uh, do I have any more stuff on here? Oh, I forgot that. I'm sorry. That was the vision. The gospel's powerful. Romans one sixteen is a popular verse. It's popular for a reason. It says, "For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God for salvation to everyone." Who believes? And so just to see that the Bible affirms everything I just said, the gospel is a powerful tool, and it is the thing that changes lives. And so, uh, ah, okay, cool. All right, we're going to get to leave it on the screen for now. So you guys should think about that verse since I skipped over it. Okay, uh, cool. And so the first thing I would say as far as an evangelism tip goes, and I've already said this a little bit, um, is, and this isn't on your outline, is that you already know the gospel. Right? You may not be some, uh, you know, master evangelist, neither am I, right? But you know the gospel. It's the thing that you put your faith in that changed your life. And that is not, right? Like, God can use a missionary who's been doing it for 30 years, and he can use someone who's been a Christian for five minutes who barely knows the gospel. You know it. That's my daughter. Sorry about that. Uh, you know it. You know the gospel. And that is enough. The Bible says that is enough. In Romans 10, again, it says that everyone who believes on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's, it's that simple to, to think about. And I, just, I know that you guys know the gospel and that you can share it with other people if you comprehend it enough to believe it. So I need you guys to believe that because uh, oftentimes I don't. Uh, cool. And so uh, these are on your outline. So the first one is to get an older Christian to share their faith with you. Get an older Christian to share their faith with you. My, my guess is that you are on a campus where there are staff or older students that are Christians, and I would, I would bet you would make their day. If, I know it would be my day to be made. If uh, you went up to like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm getting kind of new at this share my faith thing, or I'm not that good at it, or I want to see how you do it. Like, would you go, can I go with you next time you share your faith? 
They would be so excited. They would be so happy. But the reason that we don't do this is because we don't want to admit that we're not the man, right? Like, we don't want to kind of set, like kind of take that place of humility and just be like, yeah, I don't really know what I'm doing here, right? We're just going to try and be the man or the woman ourselves. So it does take humility to do this. But I almost promise you, if you go with that older student or staff and share your faith with them and watch them share their faith, it will um, help you 100% um, because they probably had a lot of evangelistic conversations. And so, uh, cool. Second one, uh, actually caught the tail end of the seminar in here before me. It was about testimonies. And so, perfect your testimony and share it often. I don't know if any of you guys were in here for it. It seemed like it was good. Um, cool. So, perfect your testimony and share it often. So, you know, people can, can sit across the table from you all day long, and they can argue theology, and is the Bible true, and all this stuff, right? And they can throw their arguments, and you can use your arguments, or whatever, right? That can, that can happen. But the thing that they can't argue is your story. They can't, because it's your story. It's what happened to you, right? That you were once an enemy of God, living in darkness, that someone came into your life and shared the gospel with you. And now your motives, desires, purposes, everything lies has changed through that message. That's powerful. That's one of the most powerful things that you can share with anybody is your story of how you put your faith in Christ. And so I would, again, get with an older staff or student and just perfect your testimony. Talk about what your life used to look like and how you became a Christian and what your life has looked like ever since then. And I think uh, that it will be one of, most your, uh, one of your most powerful evangelistic tools. Uh, cool, the next one, and this one's really simple. You guys can just call me a big uh, coward or chicken or whatever. This is how I start almost all spirit, initial spiritual conversations with people. And so uh, I'll lay it out for you. So the, the bullet is ask them if they grew up in church, okay? And this is how I go. So I'm getting to know a guy or whatever, and uh, sitting in the cafeteria with them. It's like, hey, man, uh, where did you say you were from again? And it's like, oh, I'm from, I'm from Indianapolis. It's like, oh, cool, man. What did you and your, uh, your family do there for fun growing up? It's like, oh, we blah, blah, went skiing, and I, I don't even know what they do in Indy. But Colts games, blah, blah, oh, cool, man, awesome. Hey, did you guys grow up in church when you were in Indy? It's like, yeah, well, we, we kind of did. We went to church on uh, Christmas and Easter, you know, when I was a kid growing up or whatever. And that's kind of that's how it went or whatever. It's like, oh, gosh, you know, like, what do you think your church or what do you, like, believe about God? Or what do they say about him in those services? And you're in, right? Like, it's that simple. It's just so easy. Like, we overcomplicate everything about evangelism, but you're just kind of talking about their life, and you're just making it normal and natural. Before you know it, they're talking way more than you are about their mass and their, cap. I don't even know the terms or whatever, but they're, you're talking about all the things that they believe, and you're just sitting there, and you're getting to listen. I think it's a very simple and easy, natural way to turn a conversation spiritual, and so I use that a lot. Um, cool, and this kind of goes with it. This is kind of where I was going with that at the end, is to seek to understand before being understood. And to ask questions. I think uh, maybe, I don't know if it's a primary reason, but a big reason that a lot of people don't share their faith is because people think, gosh, I kind of just got to go in there with my gun loaded, and I just got to let them have it. I got to share the whole gospel with them. It's like, no, no, that's not it. You know, like, don't do that, right? Is that really your primary, like, at least first to go in there is just to kind of understand what they believe, right? Like, so many people feel like they just have to defend Everything that comes out of their mouth, like, that's wrong. You're stupid. How did you come up with that? You know what I mean? It's like, that's not really what we're doing here. We're kind of going there, and we're just asking questions. Like, oh, cool, man. Uh, where did you hear that from? You know, or whatever. You know, my pastor told me, or whatever. You're just kind of understanding 
what they believe. You say, okay, you could leave the conversation. You're talking to yourself. Okay, they're they're Catholic. They believe that God exists, and they believe that you got to be a good person to get into heaven. It's like, cool, got it. You know, like I, you're not trying to just try to prove everything that they say wrong. You're really just trying to understand and to listen. And I would say that all of the successful, effective conversations I've had come after that. But they're like, okay, this guy like cares about me and what I believe, and cool, like. I'll listen to what he has to say. Like, or oftentimes he'll be like, "What do you believe?" It's like, "Ha, my turn," you know. And so it just it just works so well that way. And I think um, that's one reason that people can be so fearful of it. Um, cool. And then kind of with that as well, the next one: uh, don't be upset or discouraged if they disagree. I think so often, like you know, when someone gives pushback to what we have to say, we get angry internally, or like, "Gosh, you're stupid! How could you possibly think that?" Or whatever, right? But I think just to maybe even switch it to maybe, A, expecting it, right? It's an offensive message, right? You're telling them that they're a sinner and they're going to hell. It's kind of like, ah, that's not cool, you know? So they're going to be upset by that probably to some extent. Um, and just to like, like enjoy it. Like they're giving, they're showing that they care. They're showing that they have interest in what you're saying by disagreeing with you. It's like, dude, like foster that. Like allow all of their disagreements to come out without becoming Mr. or Mrs., uh, defensive or whatever, which I've done lots of times, and so uh, I would say that would be is a helpful thing. And then lastly, um, you know, is to just go for it. I kind of alluded to this early. Just go for it. Um, gosh, so many times I'm sitting in the cafeteria in the dorm rooms. I'm just sitting there, a little coward self, and I'm just kind of like, yeah, no, it's bad, bad time. Nope, we'll do it later. It's like and you you think oh, I gotta get the perfect moment, the perfect time, right? Or I got to learn more, or I got to figure out this first or whatever. It's like, dude, like I said earlier, you guys know the gospel, and you have friends and family members who aren't Christians. I almost promise you. And I would just say, every time that feeling comes in my head, I try and just listen to it. I just go for it. And sometimes it goes terrible, and that's okay. You know what I'm saying? It's not always going to go awesome, and maybe it needs to go terrible for you a few times, so you can kind of work out some of this stuff. But I would just say, man, Above all things, it's to think, man, I'm an ambassador for Jesus Christ. People are lost and going to hell. There are lots of people who don't worship God. I got to go for it. Someone has to go for it for this person. This is going to be me. Um, cool. And so there's a couple of like, practical tools that uh, would take me forever to go through in detail in here. And so um, I'm just going to tell you guys about this too. I have one of them written there, not the other. So go figure. Uh, one of them is the bridge diagram. It is one verse in the Bible that sums up the entire gospel, and there's a little picture that goes with it. It's awesome. And so uh, if you don't know it, I would go and ask whoever's leading you or someone at your campus. It is a super effective tool to sharing the gospel and asking questions. And then a little bit more of an elongated version is something called the gospel grid. Um, it's uh, just kind of a, like, I think it's seven different questions uh, that you ask someone, the first one, you know, is who is God? The second one is, okay, what's your purpose or whatever? And it's just a way to really flesh out what they believe, and there's Bible verses attached with each one. And so um, this is super helpful. They're both very helpful and just uh, kind of learning how to share your faith with people. And so I'm sure someone on your campus to some degree knows those and can share those with you. So um, cool. So I'll give you guys a couple of book recommendations. Uh, we're doing time. Oh, dude, perfect. And then I'm going to give you guys a challenge, uh, and it will be done. And so uh, here we go. So the book recommendations are these. You can write these down if you'd like. Uh, the Master Plan of Evangelism by Robert Coleman. Excuse me. It's very good. He uh, just kind of looks at Jesus' life and is like, hey, man, 
This is how Jesus thought about ministry. We should probably think about Jesus uh, ministry, how Jesus thought about ministry. And so uh, it's very helpful. Uh, Tell the Truth by Will Metzger. It's a little bit longer read, and to be honest, it can be a little dry to me at times. Uh, but it's got the goods in there. It's got the goods on how to share your faith uh, well, and I think it's a good book. And then Tactics by Greg Vogel uh, is a little bit more of a technical book, just kind of questions to ask and uh, different responses and stuff like that. And then lastly, just any missionary biography. I mean, gosh, John Patton, Adnan Judson, Hudson Taylor. I mean, when you read those books and you see the lengths that people went to to share the gospel with unreached people groups or whatever, it fires you up to want to go and share your faith. So I recommend uh, really just any missionary biography about someone who's going to share their faith and um, what they did to do that. It's super helpful. So um, cool. Lastly, uh, we are gonna, I'm going to give you guys a challenge. So this is the challenge. You guys ready for this? I feel like you guys are ready. You guys are ready for this. Okay. So I want you, and I want you to do this right now. This isn't later or whatever. This is now. So the words for 10. So for the next five minutes, I want you to do this, okay? Uh, or five minutes after I get done talking, is I want you to take the three names of pick three people that you know. They can be your you know on your in your dorm floor, your fraternity, whatever. You pick three people that you know that are not Christians, and I want you in the next six months to share your faith with those three people. And here's the, the, the catch is you don't have to do it by yourself, right? I said it earlier. You can you can do it with a friend or a staff person or whatever. It's not like some rogue mission. But I want you to share your faith with those three people in the next six months before school is over in the spring. And I know I said uh, to have a vision earlier, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a vision for this one. And so this will be the last thing I say, and I'll let you guys do it. Um, is I want you guys to think about this. I want you guys to go and think about these three people and write their names down and begin praying for them. And have a vision that these three people come to Christ and that one year from now, at this New Year's conference, they come back, and I don't know if I'll be giving a seminar or whatever, but they come to this seminar, and they are being sent out to go and find three people that they're going to share their faith with. I know it might be confusing, but I hope that you guys look at a smart room. And so I want that to be your vision for these three. I want you to pray to that end, that they would come with you, that they would become Christians, they would come with you to this New Year's conference next year, and that they would go and reach three of their friends that they know for Christ. And so I think that could be really cool. So... Uh, I'm actually going to pray for us really quickly, and I'll let you guys do that, and then you are free to go. Uh, God, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for Christ, that you are a God worthy of us telling other people about. God, that you are so great and so good, and the gospel is such a sweet message. I pray that it would become so great to us that we could not keep it to ourselves, that we could be like the disciples in Acts 4 and say, we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. So we love you, God. Praise all in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Campus Outreach. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without written permission from Campus Outreach. For more information, we invite you to visit us online at conyc.com.